Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Well, God bless you, brothers and sisters. Here we are again, another opportunity for us to praise, lift up, and magnify the name of Jesus. You know, there's so many different things in the body of Christ that, that we can just do so much better. You know, God has, God has really got his finger on some things that are happening inside of the body right now. And I want to make sure that, that everything that the Father is calling us to do, that we can be in unity so that we can build, magnify, and extend the kingdom of God. It says the increase of his government shall have no end. And therefore, there must be the workers for the kingdom. And the workers all must understand their responsibilities. They must understand their gifts. They must understand their callings and they must understand how to work with each other and not bite and devour each other and tear one another down behind each other's backs. And so today I am in Matthew chapter 20 and I am in the parable of the workers of the vineyard. You see, Jesus, he calls the world his a vineyard. He calls the world, it's, it's, a, it's a field. He calls it a field. And he says that, to pray that the that the Lord of the harvest would send workers into the harvest fields. He says that the, the, the harvest is already ripe for harvest. He said the harvest, it's already ripe for reaping, for, selling, for pulling the people in, for getting people saved. It's already there. But the workers, he said, the workers are the ones who we need to be praying for. And so Jesus talk, tells us a parable in Matthew chapter 20. And this is going to prepare us for each day. For finding out what the will of the Father is for us when we're out into the world and we're, we're outside of our homes and, and, and what God is calling each one of us to do. And then how to interact with each other and work side by side, regardless of denominational boundaries and, and different theologies and doctrines within inside the Christian church. How we can work side by side and overlook and overmove and, and, and saturate one another with the love of God. And see a harvest because the harvest is already, all we have to do is go out in unity and bring the people and compel the people to come in. So Matthew chapter 20, Jesus says this. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So let me explain something to you. Jesus spoke a lot about parables. He spoke a lot in parables. And he kept saying the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like... So if you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you've been born again, like he told Nicodemus, you have to be born again to come into the kingdom. Now you have been born again. You have had your sins removed. You got baptized. You're in right standing in relationship with the Father. You're in God's kingdom. You are a nation within a nation. So you are a worker in a kingdom. And Jesus is the 
king of kings. And so you're called as a worker in the kingdom to go out into the world, into the harvest field, and to compel people to come in and to to disciple people and to bring people into right relationship with the Father so that they can be set free too and so that they can experience the love of God. And so Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like. So the kingdom that we're in, it's just like what he's about to tell us in this parable. He said the kingdom is like, he says, a landowner. Now, God owns everything in the world. He owns it all. He's God. And so he's saying, listen, the kingdom is like a landowner. It's like it's like God went out early in the morning and he hired laborers to work in his vineyard. So God, it's like God owning the world and he comes to us as born again believers and he hires us and he says, listen, now you're my church, you're my bride. He says, now I've hired you to go out into the field. And, and harvest. And this is what Jesus is saying. Verse two, it says, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. So in other words, God agreed and he said, listen, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to give you all authority. I'm going to give you the keys to death and hell. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. I'm going to equip you with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I'm going to give you everything you need to go out into the field. I'm going to pay your wages and I'm going to take you through life. I'm going to take you through every principle and everything that you need. He said, do you agree to the terms? And you said, yes, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive what you have for me, Father, and I agree to the pay that you're going to give me to go out and do these things. Now, we're not talking about paying our bank accounts. We're not talking about greenbacks or finances or money. We're talking about what Father gives us to go out into the field with. And so we agreed when we said yes to Jesus. We agreed. And it says this, when he had agreed with the laborers, when he agreed with us for the day's wages... He sent them into the fields. He sent them into the vineyard. He sent us into the world. He says, then he went out about a third hour and saw others standing idly by in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. So what he's saying is, listen, you might be 30, 40, 50 years old in your walk with Christ. You may be a seasoned veteran in the faith. And you might see a new believer come in all of a sudden and he's on fire. And God says, listen, I went and I saw these other people out here. They were sitting idly by. I called them into the vineyard, too. I called them into the work field, too. I called these teenagers into the work field, too. I called them later. He said, listen, I called them later. I get it. You've been in it longer. You've been in the ministry for 20, 30 years. You've been reading the Bible a hundred different times. You know, the scriptures like the back of your hand and, and, and you've, you've done, you've done mighty works for God, but I'm bringing these other ones in too. He says, listen, they're going to come in. They're going to work with you. And this is how we're going to work side by side. He says, listen, verse six, about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idly by and said to them, why do you stand here idly by all day? He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. 
And so Jesus said this, whoever wants to be first is going to be last, and whoever is last is going to be first. In other words, whoever is serving, whoever's being the servant, whoever's the one that's out there driving, whoever the one is out there serving others, okay, he says, listen, lay down your life and you will gain it. But if you try to gain your life, you're going to lose it. And he's saying, listen, you're going to have people that are going to come into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. They're going to be brand new believers. They're going to be on fire and they're going to go out there and they're going to work maybe a couple of years and then Christ is going to return. Or they're going to work a year or two and then all of a sudden the Lord might take them home and, and they might go to be with the king. And then, you know, you're sitting there going, well, you know, how come I, he got to go home before I did? You've been in the ministry 20 and 30 years and you see maybe 10, 15 people come to Christ, but some new buck comes in and all of a sudden he's in Christ for a whole year and he's got 150, 200, 300, 400 people following him. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you kind of get that jealousy or you kind of get that, well, I know the Bible better than him, or I know this better than him, right? And God says, listen, they were sitting idly by two. They weren't doing anything. And I called them into my kingdom and I need you to step up and help them and stand side by side with them. And so listen to what he says here. He says in verse nine, when they were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them likewise received the same pay. When they received it, they grumbled against the owner, saying, The last worked only an hour, and you made them equal with us, who have bore the burden and the heat of the day. Listen, brothers and sisters, some of you out there, some of you out there, you've been in ministry for so long, and you love God so much. And you've, you've been saved maybe for since the 50s, maybe since the 70s, the 80s. And, and these ones are coming in and you're seeing a harvest and you're seeing their ministries grow and you're seeing them put up church buildings. Listen, brothers and sisters, the Lord is saying, listen, we're, they're going to get the same pay as you're getting. So we might as well work together with one another. We might as well lay down our lives to one another. We might as well serve each other. We might as well, listen, there's something that you can bring that young person that they don't know yet, that they haven't gone through, that you have gone through. You've been fighting for the ministry. You've been fighting through. You've gone through the lack of finances. You've gone through all the different things where you had to rely solely on the Holy Spirit, solely on God. And you can walk up to these young ones and you can say, you can say, listen, I'm an elder in the faith. And I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to say, listen, I see what you're doing. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit is moving inside of you. I'm so glad that the Father gave you everything that he gave me. I'm praising God for all the work and everything that you're doing. I want to stand with you. I want to help you. I want to support you. And I want to show you the things that I've gone through so that you don't have to go through them. So that so that my ceiling can be your floor and you can take this thing higher than I ever could. I'm going to bring you through the trenches. I'm going to take you through things that... In and you just, just, I'm going to lay it all out and say, this is what I've done. This is what has happened. This is how you can avoid all these things. This is how you can be successful. And you can go and you can lift up these young ones. And young ones, I'm saying the same thing to you. Maybe you're in your 20s. Maybe you're in your early 30s. Maybe you're only a teenager and you're brand new in the Lord. 
Listen, you need to go to elders. You need to go to people who have been in this fight for a long time. And you need to prop them up. You need to encourage them. You need to go into the same field that they're harvesting. And you need to hold up their hands just like they held up Moses' arms. You need to go out and you need to hold up these elders' arms. Listen, maybe you're driving in your car right now. Maybe you're leaving your church. Maybe you're leaving a building and you're saying, I'm so frustrated and I don't like the way they're teaching. And I don't like what they're saying. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. Listen, it says that these people were grumbling. These people were grumbling. It says, listen, listen to what it says. It says in verse 11, Matthew 20, when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. Saying these worked only an hour and you made them equal to us who have bore the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did not you agree with me? for a denarius is it not lawful for me to do what i wish with my own things or is it in your eyes i am evil is it evil is it evil or am i good what's he saying here and the other trend it says is it evil in your eyes because i am good you see when you grumble like the israelites when you grumble against the servants when you grumble against those who have worked in the laboring field, when you grumble against the pastors and the elders and the teachers, instead of going and working side by side with them, realizing that you have the same Holy Spirit in you that they have in them. When you're not home speaking of mercy and grace and forgiveness, Father, when you're not home, when you're not, when you're not in your, in your prayer room, when you're not in your bedroom behind closed doors seeking the face of the Father, and grumbling and grumbling and grumbling, you see, then God can use you because you're willing to ask for mercy. You're willing to ask for grace. You're willing to ask for, for compassion to flood those that are already in the harvest field. And God says, listen, at the end of the day, we're all going to get the same pay. We're all going to get, we're all going to be in the presence. We're all going to be in eternity. We're all going for the, listen, I know there's rewards. I know there's different crowns. I understand those things. But I'm talking about the harvest field that we're working in right now and what we receive for working in the harvest field. This is specifically about the harvest field. This is specifically about the work of the ministry. This is specifically about holding up the elders, specifically about the elders encouraging the youth, specifically about you getting ready to leave your church because you're unhappy with Patty or Sue who's sitting next to you and you just don't like the fact that they have their hat on in the church or you don't like the way they act or dress or you don't like their attitude. Since when did God tell you to go be with other believers because of their attitude? He says, it's your attitude that I'm looking at. It's you loving them that I'm looking at. It's you laying down your life that I'm looking at. It's you being a model and an image of Jesus Christ to every single person around you, including the eldership, including the deacons, including the pastors, including the elders, including the children, including the people outside in the parking lot, including the ones you see when you go to lunch after services and you see them at lunch and you don't like, you didn't like what they said to you in the passing way, but you still need to walk up to them and say, listen, I just want to know, let you know that I love you. You're my brother and sister in Christ. And listen, we're going to the same place so let's work this thing out i'm going to go to my brother and sisters and scripture tells us very clearly that before you offer your gift on the altar before you go before god in prayer it says to be reconciled with your brother or sister you have got to understand that you died to yourself when you came to christ you 
died to yourself. It says that we died with Christ and we therefore live and reign with him. When you came to Jesus, you decided that everything that was you is no longer valid. You lost all of your rights to complain. You lost all of your rights to grumble. You lost all of your rights to be angry with everyone. When Jesus was on the cross, I want you to think about this for a minute. When Jesus was on the cross, do you realize that before they put him there, do you realize that they kicked him, they beat him, they punched him, they pulled this beard out of his hair, they they whipped him, they mocked him, they put a crown of thorns on his head and blood running down his face and in his eyes, they bruised and battered his body in every way, and it says, like a sheep led to the slaughter, he was silent. Do you know that he could have? He, I'm so grateful that the Lord didn't do this. He could have moaned and complained and said, these people don't get it. They don't appreciate me. They don't love me. Where I'm going right now, these people, they just don't even appreciate my gifts and my talents. They don't appreciate that I'm healing the sick and raising the dead. They, they just, Father, they don't even care about me. They don't even say two words to me when I walk in the building. They don't even notice me when I'm here. Why do I even bother coming here anymore? The Pharisees and Sadducees don't even listen to me. The disciples, they're gone. They left. They just ran off on me. Forget it. I'm not going to the cross. And Look, now they're beating me. All I did was heal them. Now I'm up on the cross. Look, they're spitting me. They're mocking me. They're telling me to come down. No, I'm calling down fire. I'm getting off this cross. Just forget it. I'm tired of it. That sounds funny when you put those words in the name of, in, in, in the mouth of Jesus doesn't it? And if you're supposed to imitate Christ, if those if those words don't belong in the mouth of Jesus, they don't belong in your mouth as a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. You are to lay down your life. Jesus went to the cross for you, and now you must go to the cross for others. You must lay down your life so that others can see the resurrected Christ, not gritting your teeth, but in love. Doing it out of a pure heart. Doing it out of their created value, seeing that God spent time. God thought about the color of their eyes. He thought about the color of their hair. He knows that Sally Sue and Bobby Joe over there, he knows that they chew their gum sitting in a pew. He knows that. But he also knows that he decided how long their fingernails were going to be when they grew out. That he decided what their skin color was going to look like. That he decided the color of their eyes. That he decided how tall they were going to be or how short they were going to be. That he, he decided how fat or how thin they were going to be. He decided how their heart was going to beat at what said rate. And he decided to breathe the breath of life into them. He spent time thinking about every one of those people sitting where you're at. He took time to think about every one of those individuals where driving in the car next to you right now. He took time to think about every single person sitting in that place where you're eating your lunch and that waitress or waiter who came and served you today. He spent time thinking about that individual. And you see, it's our responsibility to see the value in people that God spent time creating them. And he created them for a purpose. And he created to love them and to dwell in them and for them to be in right standing with him so that he can manifest his love in them and through them. And that's why he brought you to himself as well. Because you're valuable. And every worker in the kingdom has value. And every single person in the kingdom has a position. And every single person, no matter if they're just shuffling papers, if they're sharpening pencils, or if they're just picking up lint off the floor in the sanctuary, every single person has 
equal value to God in the kingdom. The preacher is not higher than the one taking out the trash. And the one taking out the trash is not less, is not less than the one who is in the prayer room 24-7. Every single person in the kingdom is equally as value in the eyes of the Father, and he pays us all the same. But he wants you to grasp how much he loves you. And once you realize how much he loves you, you can truly love others. You see, love is self-sacrificing. Love is an action. Love is an action. Love is laying down your life. Jesus says the kingdom is like a land owner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyard. And he paid them all the same. You see, in the vineyard, some people, taught, some people actually dig the ground. Some people actually plant the seed. Some people cover the seed. Some people water the seed. Some people tend the seed. Some people harvest the seed. Some people shuck the corn. Some people boil the corn. Some people set the table. Every single one of those people, you cannot have the entire meal. You, you'll never have the meal unless somebody did one of those jobs. Unless somebody decided that they were going to lay down their life for the purpose of supping and sitting at the dinner table with the Father. Brothers and sisters, this is so important. You might be struggling right now. You might be saying, I'm going to leave this place. I'm so sick of this place. I'm going to start my own thing. Well, listen, if you bring that attitude into your new thing, guess what? You're going to bring people into your congregation and you're going to bring people into your fellowship that are just like you. And guess what? You're going to have grumblers that are going to be in your congregation that are going to grumble with you and eventually they're going to grumble against you. You see, you reap what you sow. And if you bring doubt and you bring fear and you bring anger and you bring a critical spirit and you bring grumbling into the congregation, you're going to spread that seed. Whereas if you bring in love, some people say, well, I went to a congregation and I just didn't feel love. I didn't. Nobody loved on me. Nobody. Said, well, if you're there, there should be love. There should be love. If you showed up, there should be love. See, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It matters what you're doing. You need to be the love. You need to manifest the love of God everywhere you go. Jew, Gentile, Greek, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, doesn't matter. You share the love of God with them. Another believer in sin, you share the love of God with them. You show them that they can, they're, they're, they're more valuable and they have a higher calling than the way that they're living their life right now. You show them that they can come up higher than where they're at right now by showing them how much love is being manifested through you in God so that they can experience the love of the Father. They can tangibly feel the love of the Father by you wrapping your arms around him and saying, I'm here with you. We're going to do this together. I'm going to call on the Father for mercy and grace in your situation. I'm going to help you out of the muck and the mire because you don't belong there because you're created in the image of God. This is a huge message. This is a big deal to the Father. Jesus went out of his way to make a parable about this so that we would understand that we're all important in the kingdom and that you need to see everybody in the kingdom important and you need to realize that they're all going to receive the same reward. Now, I'm not talking about false preachers. I'm not talking about people that are not speaking the truth. I'm not talking about people that are that have false re, false religions and we're all going to be in the same presence of the same God. That's wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. You can only come through to the Father 
through what he did on the cross. You can only come through the finished work of Messiah Yeshua. You can only come through Jesus Christ. You have to be born again. You need to be baptized. I, I understand all that. But what I'm saying is when you're in the kingdom, when you're in the kingdom, when you are a kingdom person, when you have a citizenship in the kingdom, this is how you're supposed to represent yourself to other people in the kingdom. And this is how the kingdom works within the kingdom. And this is how we lay down our lives for one another and we love each other and we work with each other. God is very serious about this. God is very serious about this. And he wants us to come to a place of unity in these last days. Look at all of the other religions out there in the world. Look at how unified they're becoming. Look in the Middle East. Look at how Islam is becoming so unified. Look at that. Do you know that everything that they're doing, everything they're doing is what Jesus already told us to do as far as their unity. Not killing people, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about the, the unity and the solidarity with each other in order to, for a common goal. There is a common goal in the kingdom of God and that is to go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I commanded you to do. See, this is a command of Jesus. It's not just about getting baptized and getting saved. It's about becoming a disciple and doing everything Jesus commanded us to do. These are the words in red in Matthew 20. He talks about the kingdom. This is how we're to interact with each other inside of the kingdom of God. Are you doing that today? Maybe you're not. Would you just speak to the Father with me real quick? Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this word today. Father, I thank you so much that you're willing to speak to somebody right now about their position in the kingdom and let them know how valuable they are to you. Let them know that even though they might feel unappreciative, that, that you're saying to them right now, I'm paying you the same as I'm paying the preacher. I'm gonna, you're going to see the same outcome as the person taking out the trash, and you're going to see the same outcome as the person sweeping the parking lot. You might work in a kitchen in the, in the ministry. You might work in, in the streets in the ministry. But I value you just as much, and you're just as important in the kingdom as me, as the superstars in Christ on TV. And Father, I thank you that you see me so important in your kingdom. I thank you that you love me so much. I thank you that you sent your son for me. I thank you so much that there's a place for me in your kingdom, not just in heaven, but right now in your kingdom. And I love you, Father, for everything you've done for me. And I praise you and I lift up your mighty name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to... Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the Word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the Word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in His perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, Shalom. Shalom.